welcome back to Black O'Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Why the Last Man, Season 1, Episode 5, entitled Man Hunt. This episode was written by Tian Jun Gu. Hopefully, I said that right. Directed by Marizi Almas. Or Almas. I gave this episode another 9.4 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. I'm in love with this series thus far i love seeing the interplay between the characters and now we have our trio complete of dr man joining us and you can see from that first big interaction that they are a lot of personalities and they're each different in their own way which is going to make for some pretty fun road tripping which is a good deal of the comics i think the show is definitely or has definitely added a depth to it that the comics was missing primarily because it was written by a man but he definitely understood that and really pushed for the majority female uh, and i believe trans writers and directors for this series to to be the voice while also doing a really great job adapting his source material and that's not always a a huge success and i think this show definitely i mean it's almost a perfect marriage not almost it is a perfect marriage let's go ahead and jump into the recap york and 355 get to boston where they are greeted with racism is as american as baseball racism is ignorant because what part of that sentence made any type of sense (laughs) what is a sport yes it came and became a big sport in the usa however um it also uh what uh, racism i would say was around a lot longer a lot longer definitely ingrained in the soil make no mistake about it but i just felt i get i see where they were going with it it just sounds like one of those soliloquies there we go um that's out there that people say and on one level you're like yeah that makes sense but then if you actually think about it you're like it really doesn't york is trying to joke his way out of facing the fact that he's in the middle of a contentious war zone where anger and mayhem run supreme can you put your mask back on please is this the real life i need a t-shirt asap with 355 i know it's 355 i don't know why it is that i always and continue to say 355 she even said her name this episode is 355 it's just one of those quirks maybe of american math that we have to separate the numbers or we're so used to seeing a dash between them so hearing me say that i know i am 
fully aware that it's 355 so it's just a quirk of how I say it but I will say I need it on a t-shirt so that I can wear it everywhere because it feels as if it's a very simple request one of those common courtesies like don't sneeze on me or you know let me hold the door open for you can you put your mask back on please it doesn't matter or on at all for those still uh still on that kick it doesn't matter to 355 what Allison Mann is like or if she's uppity going to Harvard or doesn't have a television that does not matter to her at all she is there to do a job and does not care at all about her as a person York asked do you care about me as a person and she said not even remotely what do you mean what's interesting about that remark is that homegirl ain't even lying I believe that she is firmly of the the culper ring which we have not talked much about but we're gonna probably see Diane Lane's character Jennifer um somehow decrypt some files that should not be able to be decrypted but for plot reasons we're gonna go ahead and allow that to happen <laughs> now that the question of her saying you know you work for the president or she believing that she works for the president it's like nah she don't she works for the culprit so this introduces an element to the character of 355 or 355 that we hadn't seen previously and it's that she doesn't need permission to do what she's going to do and you have Jennifer realizing belatedly that she didn't have full control and she doesn't have full control over this agent despite the agent really doing what's best she's just not gonna do it on your forum Boston indeed is a dark spirit with plenty of military security there's a lot of graffiti on the walls I wanted to screenshot all of it I'm sure I will go back and watch this episode again I love watching it with headphones in and then watching it a second time when I'm not taking notes after I have completed the podcast and watching it on the big screen so I will take more time to actually see what everything said but 355 needs to work and she cannot be straddled with a man child who is mimicking how she basically orders him around <laughs> do not move or wander repeatedly has to tell him to put his mask back on because he is being really reckless and that's the thing that we see that dynamic between their relationship is that she's with this child who doesn't seem to fully comprehend the danger that he poses or could be in and I think unfortunately until something really tragic happens to him he's not going to be able to accept that yet he's going to play denial until it becomes something he can no longer deny we had 
man in this episode start to touch on it just a bit but he hasn't fully reconciled with that and that's a, a interesting developmental point to start to spur that progression and it's not as bad as the comics i will say i'm not going to spoil any of the comics although i am going to have a short section after i wrap up because i just have some questions that i need to put into the universe and if you're a comic reader you'll you know maybe respond to these questions <laughs> or maybe you're thinking the same thing or are we on the same page or maybe you just want to hear them out loud too but i will definitely put a spoiler ahead for that but i'm not going to spoil anything else for the comics um, but i do like how it's not the exact same because york in the comics was pretty much just don't touch it i'm gonna touch it <laughs> he was insistently stupid so it makes it very interesting that this yorick while still being you know making those mistakes that any human would do there is still um an accepting of kind of seeing to believing there's a part of him that has to put his hand in the fire because otherwise <laughs> he will just completely remain oblivious and that's where he kind of prefers to be but now that some of the things those comforts taken away i think the biggest thing is death on that phone it's like yeah that's not your life anymore <laughs> and he mentions very briefly can we swing by ohio so he still has that on his mind but he didn't throw a tantrum about it which i was happy to see i will also say yorick is i mean i do feel kind of bad for him sometimes because i know that he's rather pig-headed and himself but he also very much is trying to establish some type of friendship or connection to 355 that in these times i think that people do need to have someone to lean on and she doesn't require that he's the mission for her she's babysitting him and making sure the the thing that needs to be gotten wherever it needs to go goes there she does not see him as a human being which is why the line also i value you as a human being and a friend is so funny because that is kind of what he would prefer <laughs> and she is dumbstruck by that in a way because that's not how she has operated and he doesn't know that of course about the character because we know a little bit or so much more just from her conversations with other characters that it's an alien concept for her to be friends with this person or treat him more than like she's friendly or she's civil i should say she doesn't seem to really like him as a person and i think she's trying to tell him that but he doesn't believe it <laughs> which is rather funny but i think 
kind of like when you're around someone for so very long you become accustomed to them and that i think is where 355 might start breaking the ice sometime in the future but for right now that's just not where they are as people or have gone through experience together to really build that bond but i do feel bad for him because everybody like we saw with jennifer needing to grab christine's hand you need someone and he doesn't he had his mom but he can't be with her and now he looks around and he's looking at graffiti and people hate her he is a very tiny fish in a pond of sharks <laughs> and he's trying to hide in the coral reef but unfortunately the sharks are going to find him and he's gonna have to be able to to uh what's my word i just used reconcile with that she gives him a knife and tells him to sit and not move amperson had something to say about that stop being a fucking pussy and start being an asshole to which he replies what was i supposed to do she never gave me a knife before i like that they are including amp as a character because he very much is so in the comics in the background uh as i stated previously is the emotional climate jennifer brown is considered a liar and a scapegoat for conspiracy there is a talk about that later on which i have a point to make which i'm surprised that 355 didn't but maybe she was like girl i'm not even trying to have these conversations <laughs> but it makes her position where she is at all the more tenuous if everyone is already geared against her one may say regina looks like a suitable or wanted replacement and considering what's going on but regina showing up later on like ugh, i'm scared yorick existing more so than if he didn't actually poses more of a threat to her which is rather smart and a way to keep this character heavily involved but she doesn't have any bodyguards all she has is christine <laughs> christine ain't killing nobody 355 is able to get into the blockade with sheer force of persona alone posing as a sergeant she can lie so easily she's so easily believed the way in which she always approaches a scene with a subtle danger but with a very pleasant tone anytime people approach me in a pleasant tone and they just stand in there all still I'm like yeah i'm not gonna fuck with you york does manage to get himself into a locked building which turns out to be a propaganda station it looks like they're making newspapers which is probably the best considering how loud amp is he always talking like shut the fuck up 355 learns that they are protecting harvard under orders from washington to protect art and research that dr man's building and that dr man's building was hit first now this is surprising to me because i know they had talked about saving it but jennifer's position very much was fuck the buildings so i'm surprised that they're using tear gas to save harvard 
But then I realized, duh, Dr. Man is in Boston, in Harvard. Of course she's going to uh, make sure that building is preserved. And there really is a lot of research there. Makes sense. They prepare to deal with the anarchists with tear gas and non-lethal rounds. I guess that's my question when I talked about earlier Jennifer being unprotected. When is shit gonna get murdery? Because it's all well and fine to say that we're the government, you know, we're still in charge. However, I'm surprised, and we've heard a few incidents of actual violence. We saw how cutthroat that Roxanne's group was last week. But when does that begin to manifest into the political side of things? Or because it's the political side of things and they're trying to keep up the facade so that they can control the people, they can't allow themselves to degrade. But I'm telling you right now, you're going to have to put a bullet in Regina or somebody's going to have to tie something around her neck and start squeezing because she a problem <laughs> i'm not scared of her as much as or i'm not scared of kim as much as i'm scared of her i think that kim still straddles the line of being a, a person who genuinely cares about other people she's just also a crazy ass conservative <laughs> not to say you can't be, be two people you can still be a human being and still completely agree with your politics but um yeah i'm wondering how long they're gonna do the the non-lethal rounds and they start degrading or falling apart and deciding you know what i'm tired of doing this because she said the same thing like we wash and repeat we'll do the same thing all over again the next day and the next day when are they going to be like, you know what, fuck this problem. I would like to have a rest and start just killing folks. If Regina gets into power, it's definitely going to be lethal. And I think that that's going to be the cause and the divide between Kimberly and Regina. I know I'm skipping ahead on the politics, but that's an interesting conundrum to have even within the same party because they established that early on she was brought in to get the racist but even the party are kind of like eh. <laughs> and the fact that kimberly doesn't fully is she so desperate to get back into that room that she's willing to propel this woman in just to get jennifer out because the thing about kimberly is she has no power for as much as her father had power or yeah her father had power she did not so she was not elected to anything so everyone else in the room is elected to if she can hop on the train of the other side then come out looking like the more reasonable out of the two in said camp then she gets herself a seat at the table and maybe that's will continue to cause that further conflict because we know she's for those sperm banks and Yes, I do. I'm going to talk about more in the spoiler section. Let's keep going because I'm starting to go down the rabbit hole. But I love the show so much. It, it brings up so many things you want to have uh, conversations about. Your pockets in ampersand and is discovered by a group of women, one named Steph. She tells him if you're a friend, you're going to help. 
and that's what he does he takes off his mask and well he didn't take off his mask first he just helped her out put the milk in her eyes they say they don't have water but they got unlimited tear gas which is the government for you <laughs> Steph recalls the Boston bomber in the manhunt for him until he was found in a rowboat because no one can stay hidden when the whole world is looking Welcome to the rice fields, motherfucker! I think that this is not going to be a secret for very long. Or at least by the end of the season. And this is not based on anything. Um, in the comics, it, it's pretty much... It, it's touch and go. It's not really, I don't believe, a really known thing. Maybe. At least not that I can recall. I'm being honest with that, so if I'm wrong, sorry. But I do think that by the end of the season, it's going to be known... That there is a man out there with a Y chromosome. If not Ampersand with a Y chromosome. Which is something we'll talk about in just a bit. She does mistake him for a trans and offers him a coke. Not some coke. Which allows him to remove his mask. And she talks about how she has a brother. Where they have testosterone. So this is something that's very important. And people are preserving that. And it's good to see in this world that we've had several inferences where there is an offer of sanctuary for those men now in the world that still need that testosterone. But one has to consider how or what is the flip side of that. And I think if you are familiar with where I'm going with that, you're knowing what I'm talking about. He was smart enough to be where 355 told him to be when she comes back. And that is a smart thing to do. It's like, you know you're going to do something when your parents are gone. Just make sure that you don't get caught. Briefly, he does like taking chances. And that's very apropos of York. Briefly in Washington, the two choppers are brought up, but she tells her general to keep the search quiet on the locators. The Israelis have sent Regina Oliver back and they intend to greet her warmly and offer her a senior position somewhere. Like what kind of senior position? <laughs> but we all know she ain't going to accept it and Kim will be primed to make sure of it. But she is in that case all agree so i'm predicting she will be killed and kim will want to power grab that's just what i'm putting out there in the universe i think she's gonna go one step too far and then kim's gonna be like well this is what happens when <laughs> because i believe the actress amber tamblin stated that the character is based off of megan mccain and the joker so that means she's not completely rational and she's crazy conservative. There was a scene in this episode where she dropped her purse and all of the, the baby stuff fell out. And if you, it would it's a quick scene. So it could have very much felt like it was her children's stuff, but we know she stole the crayon. So she's becoming a kleptomaniac, which, uh, you know, can happen when you're, dealing with trauma she wants in the room and i'm not sure if she wants the title yet that's the thing about kimberly she wants representation 
but not necessarily taking over yet i think that that will eventually become her goal but for right now i think she's still fairly on the um logical side can still be worked with but i think that the question of yorick is going to continue if the show goes five seasons as the creator has stated he has a plan for or she has a plan for we know kimberly is all about the penis and the penis or what's the word i'm looking for restoration (laughs) back to boston 355 and york search dr man's place and find the crib but no mention of a child was in her file explain to me explain to me this episode was pretty much giving up so many easter eggs and i'm sure people who have read the comics couldn't contain themselves (laughs) but all the little nuggets are definitely meant to be paid attention to this crib thing being one of them they also find a photo of her defecating or about to defecate i love that photo outside the union club of boston so they go to check there york talks about dinners he used to have at fancy places like this as he's trying to break into the building 355 is like why can't you do anything without running your mouth and this is the thing about women we tend to talk more than men and in their dynamic you see york who can never shut up (laughs) and 355 who's impatient not taking their time i just love how they're doing the gender roles here she tells him he got 10 seconds or she is shooting it and he don't even try he's like you know what i'm not uh -uh. i have some faith in yourself sir she probably just wanted to shoot something anyway because i would after that insistent chatter on my jones podcast i talk all the time about how i'm a man in the relationship i'm like oh and i love to talk don't get me wrong but insistent chatter Mm -mm. the music in this show is so good the way they ramp up a scene as they go into the you know i didn't know what the hell's going i'm like this is not a zombie apocalypse type of show but i feel like a zombie can pop out at any point in time agent 355 man and york connection is made as they go into a room with a fireplace no tv he's like yeah i'm not gonna say i called it but i called it he's ecstatic about it and doesn't catch uh, dr man running in with a knife a huge fucking knife too she came in like like she was uh michael myers and stabbed him in the shoulder before they tussle to the point where he gets his mask knocked off his cape is gone she finds out he's a man not very surprised about that she's more thrilled about amp than seeing him and the fact that they both survived together with a y chromosome that's when she's fascinated she also doesn't intend to go to washington as uh agent 355 tells her like oh well, look we've been searching for you we got you let's go but she says no you want me to clone i get what you need from me but all my shit is in san francisco and this is the first time we get to understand what her research is because it wasn't revealed before other than it was illegal 
so that's the illegal part of it is that she's able to or she works on research involving cloning she also mentions that only two people in the world understand said research i immediately love that man and 355 have completely opposite views she works for not necessarily the government but an organization that handles governmental matters and dr man is completely heavy liberal (laughs) anti-government so when 355 says look we gotta go before the crazy outside she's like those people aren't crazy they think there's a government conspiracy and that they're hiding something and guess what they are yeah but that's the thing about conspiracies just because one thing might fit doesn't mean the whole entire puzzle does i mean you could go you could take one actual fact of something and spiral it down and you don't have the whole full story and you never would or you never will unless it comes out that you're right and nine times out of ten when conspiracies do come out it's not that anyone ever predicted that was the conspiracy going on it's like yeah i mean people may have barked up the right tree but they didn't shake out all of the fucking coconuts that's a terrible reference but that's where i'm going right now (laughs) her point was rather irrelevant the government keeps things from people if you don't know that by now but just because the government is keeping things from you doesn't mean that they're responsible for what you think they're responsible for here's a good example a better one Uh, black people not wanting to take the covid vaccine because you know we was experimented on (laughs) so maybe they don't trust doctors and stuff because hey there was uh, some past but i encourage them to go do some research and pick up a book they're free at the library do some research don't just use past events to justify what you think may be occurring right now you need to make an informed decision not a uh emotional decision and i'm not all pro-government or some shit like i'm (laughs) wearing an american flag on my chest or something but let's not pretend as if these people elected in these positions aren't there for a purpose everybody can't delegate everybody doesn't get to be the manager or the head of a corporation and so on and so forth so while you're they're angry and rightfully so and just going through the natural flow of you know a trauma on this massive scale they're also hungry probably start you know in destitute states because i said hungry and starving (laughs) i tried to stop myself and i was like it's already in there that they're they're reactionary and they're trying to find some sense out of something that doesn't make sense and that's because they don't have an answer and until someone finds the answer which the government's working on doing unfortunately people are going to react in said manner the irony is that said hated government that ends up restoring balance almost all the time but we have to go through the worst before we get to the better so 
kind of reminds me of a statement that Jennifer said, oh, they're putting out pamphlets. We're the government. We can do better. But you've also been reduced. I mean, you keep acting as if the government is somehow still this united front that people still respect. You have to show the people that you're governing. And until people start to feel that, uh, unfortunately, making statements like that, that we're the government, well, that it doesn't really hold much weight. You're just someone to blame until you're someone to help. And it's an it's unfair way, maybe, to look at things if you're not emotionally intelligent to realize so, but emotions aren't logical. York tries to break the conflict between the two women, saying, has anybody heard the tuna fish sandwich joke? Boy. He was flinching so hard, poor baby. <laughs> 355 goes to call the president and orders both to stay in the building. He says, you're leaving me with her? She said, I could say the same thing. Yeah, but I didn't stab you, so. And then 355 leaves like, I'm going to let y'all two sort that out. And she says, so what's the joke? 355 finds the sat phone but then purposely breaks it instead of calling Jennifer and I think the reason why she did this I don't think it was a, a villainous move but I do think it was our first indication that she doesn't really work for the president <laughs> like that was just to make the president feel better and to read her in in case there's something she needed to know but as long as there's someone in her organization which clearly she knows there is that has a hierarchy she doesn't answer to the president so she didn't need to get her permission to go to san francisco it was her call and i think that and i wonder what else was going through her mind because it, it paused on her for a while but i also wonder if she thinks that Jennifer knowing too much will compromise her. Like you're able to play dumb when you're dumb. Like when you don't know, you don't know. If you're ever compromised or say your enemy decides to waterboard you because let's not pretend as if that's above a conservative government. I think that there are some snowballs and they're going into hell and they're still thinking they need to be snowballs. <laughs> and... You have Agent 355 who has been in hell and and lives there, operates there, and feels probably her knowing this information, like knowing where I'm going, that could be compromising if you were to ever be put in that position where you'd be forced to give up information. So that's another just thought I had in my mind. If I was an agent and why I would snap the phone in that moment, because it felt as if she really was, if she wasn't going to make that call, she wasn't going to pull it out. She would have just disregarded it. But I think when she, she really thought for it a second and just more than took a, a, a moment to say, okay, I'm in charge. I think she really contemplated deeply that decision by cutting off all communication with Washington because that's effectively what she did and then immediately went to go find her organization 
Yorick comes and finds her, you know, having separation anxiety and says, look, uh, maybe we should have a code word when you just leave me with random people and, you know, tell me where you're going, what you're doing, because you don't ever seem to check in. And you have to be in Yorick's position. He probably feels like his mother entrusted her, which automatically makes him trust her. So she's definitely manipulating your That's definitely there. And I feel that his complete trust may... It's going to be interesting to see if it happens. If he finds out that she has effectively cut off that communication. But she tells him she has to get another phone. And then his response to, oh, it's broken. Oh, I, I didn't do it. It's such a child thing to say, like, I'm not in trouble, am I? Because I didn't do that. <laughs> she tells him to do his thing and charm Dr. Man because they need her. And he's like, that's my thing. I'm the charmer. Well, drive safe. Then immediately chastise himself for saying something so stupid. Dr. Man just standing there on them steps. Creeper. Oh man. The way she was standing there had me laughing so freaking hard. I could not stop. I watched that scene or rewound three times just to see her face. 355 goes to the address she located. And I didn't even realize that was Massachusetts, duh. And gets into a brutal fight with Agent 525, who tells her the person they are looking for that recruited them is gone and doesn't want to be found she also mentions a few things in the scene i really like this fight scene i mean i'm not gonna talk too much about the choreography of it um but she says we're not supposed to talk about our assignments so on and so forth 355 does but 525's like fuck this fuck the culpa ring she's completely disenchanted and bitter that she was pulled from some low place and lifted into this ring because she asked where did she get you foster care broken home what is it and turn you guys into these assassins but maybe the relationship between this leader and 525 well they seem because she said they went they came in together or when the same uh class or something to that effect but I was more happy about the fact that she finally got her nice stick. She also allows her to take a grenade. I'm sure we're going to see it later. <laughs> Sometimes when you just throw those checkoff guns in there, you're just waiting for it to be the right moment. So I'm all down for explosions and probably her walking away or running away badass. <laughs> and York just at the end on that bike. Speaking of bike, how the hell are those three traveling on that motorcycle is what I would like to know. But she asked 525, what are you going to do if you find her? She's like, I'm going to put a bullet in her brain. Then start living her life and encourages her to do the same. It's a weird way to end their conversation. Part of me feels like 
355 killed that girl another part of me feels she said like bygones be bygones and left and made her think that she was gonna go after her and kill her because she did take one of the trackers and it or beacons if the beacon is close to another beacon is that how you know the general oh yeah of course that's how you know <laughs> the general tells everyone about the crashes with christine as support because she thinks that her baby boy has died in those two plane crashes because i didn't know that she didn't know what we all knew we'll talk more about that in a second kim tries to get her to spill the tea in the bathroom when she drops her bag i love the fact that christine kind of just walked on past her like i'm not about to help you clean that shit up <laughs> that's the ultimate i really don't like you move like i was polite and civil but if i cross your ass in the street i don't know you but uh instead of this being a moment to turn christine because i'm always looking at christine because i think that she is absolutely committed to clearly if i wanted to go to conservative side that's what i would have done but she also seems very close to the president like the closest person that is to jennifer on a personal level as well as a professional one but i do think that she is i'm with 355 the less people that knew about this the better like i don't you don't need to take any chances when it's this when the stakes are this big and i still think that even though or i figured or i thought they knew what the stakes really were that they're still trying to yeah they're, they're still not fully grasping and i think when you don't live in that type of world whereas 355 does she has more of an inclination of how this can turn and real quick um kim did surmise that she did it to go after her daughter but that she made a terrible decision risking the two choppers which is odd considering not only kim's mother but kim herself was like if i had a daughter out there there'd be nothing i couldn't wouldn't do to get my child back but now that a i mean just pretty much just like <laughs> conservative talking on their asshole one minute they they say one thing and then the next minute they're talking something else and don't even remember that they just said like wait a minute let me rewind this tape christine thinks she had a miscarriage and this is a moment where i, I really like the portrayal of kim because she doesn't go uh in on her or doesn't even try like no i got it it's good like she's not afraid to you know she doesn't think she's too good where you see regina's character later on where she's treating everyone as if they're her servants <laughs> how do i get a bleach job it's not that hard like clearly at least kim can bleach her own fucking hair and put herself together so there, there's still something human about her that's still i really like that because it's so cartoonish to make people so one note they need to be more complex and showing that this is a person with a heart and who cares and seeing her later reaction to the baby as everyone hears the heartbeat because she does not end up having uh, a miscarriage and then you have that slight political side where she goes is it a boy 
and you immediately see Christine roll her eyes because of course that's what you like it was a reminder right then and there of who exactly this person is despite how we can still see each other or empathize in a moment like that and Kim really does act as if she cares about like she probably does care a lot about Christine and probably gonna care about that baby she sees all life is precious which is gonna kind of be a problem because even the uh woman who was i, I don't ask me who she, uh, what they do uh, uh, ob doctor <laughs> that's what i got for you even she got all misty-eyed and christine looked like i don't want nothing to do with this baby where can i find me some pills and i think that that's a very head-on uh, talk heated debate to have especially between the two sides and the fact that christine wants to keep it a secret secrets are never good because then the enemy can use them against you and i think that's exactly what kim and or what christine has put herself in a vulnerable position with kim it's not as if you know she tried to put herself in that position and she definitely later on is trying to extricate herself from any familiarity with her uh, beyond that moment and a passing concern but that's definitely not on kim's mind yorick and man converse about 355's name and secret missions and if that is normal he's like yep completely normal notice the injections on her stomach She tells him San Francisco is where the lab is. He thinks that maybe she's hiding something, maybe a boo. <laughs> she's like, I'm gay. He asks about the crib. She's like, that's not your business. Don't worry about it. He wonders also maybe if she lost a child. Because that, I mean, Shy brought that up. And actually, when I was reading the first issue of the comic and they were showing different scenes, uh that exact scene does uh come up in the comic panel of someone giving birth to a boy and it it's uh yeah yikes so um she says it's not that um that there's 15 years worth of material she needs before he is genetically disinteresting as after 40 the male seed is downgraded if not entirely impaired all men over 40 had to be feeling some type of way about that <laughs> but it's nice to know that there's a biological clock on y'all shit too lord knows there's one on the fucking uterus and then there's a whole cycle that comes after that called menopause he goes i'm 27 you look older oh no he didn't he said is there anything else to drink in here because i'm gonna need something to drink she's like yeah we got chardonnay bitch i'm trying to get drunk drunk kim is such a slippery woman as soon as regina comes in now first and foremost the israeli soldiers all wheeled her in in a wheelchair and she could perfectly walk <laughs> like what the fuck uh, kim did try to stop and make bffs with christine but other than a polite smile she kept on moving it's like this is gonna be a problem they did all like i like jennifer's move of all 
applauding, starting the applause for her, like welcome, giving her a warm embrace back into politics, even though it's all bullshit. Regina gets to her spot, and then that's when she has the conversation, like how do I get blonde hair like yours? Like she doesn't even respect the people that are her supposed allies in this situation, which is why she's going to be she's i'm telling you she gonna catch a bullet before the end of the season i'd be real surprised if she don't somehow be eliminated off the board i was surprised that she was not with the israelis longer but there are some nods to the comics i know a few people have been asking about that i don't know why in 2021 anyone would think that we would go ahead and bring in the Israelis as a huge plot point. I don't think some people understand how adaptations work and that you need to make a story relevant and timely. And that's the, and the reason why they did it is because most of the, the militarized was females. So there was a purpose for that in the comics that you don't need, especially in America where the show is being aired. We have an oppressive female, Caucasian, Meghan McCain, uh, Trump supporting, uh, wife of Proud Boys, antagonist that is, is, is pretty much just gifted to this story to be told. So why would you need to go find an antagonist that is so out of touch and date? <laughs> I just saw that complaint. I thought it was really like not thought out. And just know this whole political situation, for the most part, is made just for the TV show. But I do think that they're weaving some parts in. And we're not seeing the last act. Or we're seeing the first act of a longer arc. And that's why I'm not too confident in, you know, seeing Regina really for a long time because she doesn't have the finesse to even do so despite the position of government because in the end it doesn't matter and everyone's going to eventually catch up to that including Jennifer who also in the next scene starts to begin to distrust 355 saying did she think I wanted that uh, that those people would be killed and I couldn't help but feel in that moment she was naive thinking on her part because it's okay to want to be an idealist when you can be but when you are in the lion's den expecting everyone else isn't going to destroy you and you can just go ahead and remain an idealist that is not going to suffice so if you fully comprehended which it seemed like you did just how much of a threat or how much danger your child actually is in and how did you not apprise yourself of the situation with the people with the pilots like part of your responsibility should have also been in the room with agent three like she did accept that in a certain way and then kind of been like oh well now i you know my hands are now bloody and now i don't know who you are and now i need people to find out all about this copa ring and but you should have been doing that from jump <laughs> you should have done that the moment i understand but this is just a, a, a 
a way of showing more layers to this character like she's not infallible of course everything else seemed to be a lot more important but i would think if oh my baby boy is so important i need to know what i'm doing before sending this woman off alone with my baby boy that would be something that occurred way before he left the building and if she thinks that protecting him is not going to come with some blood shed and what can happen if you allow your ideals i mean that's why people like the cia the fbi the spies all of those people exist i mean to try to be naive of the fact of oh we're all just all on the up and up yeah it's a good thing to tell yourself at night and make you feel all moralistic but in reality unfortunately people are killing other people for the rights of their or security of their country every fucking day and we are all in some way responsible for it even if we don't know because in some ways even if we did we know damn well most of us would be like yeah we only care when it's blatantly tossed in our face and we want to keep our crucifixion high thus we must condemn such actions and i'm not saying i'm pro that's not where don't get caught up in all the little tiny bits the point of it is is that agent 355 does not live in the world where idealism isn't protected by women like or men because i think that everyone said her boss was a man but we saw that she was with a man in the car previously who gave her the assignment to go to washington so i'm not sure if this is just someone that is a recruiter or if she how high up in the program she really is Yorick and Man are toasted and discussing how we lost genetic diversity and that women have Y chromosomes too, which is true. There's actually a lot with genetics that is, or genetics, the, the topic of geneticists. Is, I don't know. That's the best I got right now. <laughs> but uh, what I do know is that we as a human species are the species mammal in general even down to the fucking um what do you call those cells and shit like that they do weird stuff is what i'm trying to say <laughs> it is late and i should not have just did that center home but yeah everyone's talking about bringing the men back but that doesn't change how fucked up we are that's not going to solve the problem of what they lost there's no more buffalo no more lions there's all bitches running the street and i'm not talking about the human kind i'm talking about the dogs <laughs> no one is considering the loss of animal and the loss of uh the loss of life because she talks about how women died as well because they didn't know they had testes that never descended that had that y chromosome and there are different species that have testicles it's funny because if there there is no way to reproduce that oh god i wish i because i'm fucking it all up but there is a way in which nature seems to course correct itself and find like say if there's two males it will shift the other one into a female just so that procreation can happen 
so while things are probably awful and terrible in this moment in time and it will be a long time before things will recover life will always find a way but i love how she touched on the fact that it was a massive loss of life because so many men or so many people in this show have only focused on the men she does not envy him though because he will not have much of a life from now on i remember when i remember i remember when i lost my sure that did not do anything for what's going on in york's brain that he will not acknowledge or deal with but i'm sure that piled it on can we take a moment to just appreciate dr allison man because she's everything i ever wanted from dr allison man i love her quirky energy i love the way she's so uh, much a nerdy scientist and she doesn't have the the social <laughs> um skill to be able to get what she wants she very much just says whatever is on her mind 355 shows back up lying about calling his mom who york reveals to man is the president what's wrong with her she asks york when man leaves the room and she says she's drunk now this is interesting to me because it feels as if 355 has never been drunk because she really didn't seem to know what that was and then she rolled her eyes which is odd because i would think even if you're going undercover you would know that they're drunk but going back to that previous conversation if she was recently like that was her first assignment 525 355 seems to have been in the game longer wasn't her first assignment but maybe not she's not as tenured as her comp her competency indicates she tells them they will leave after the latest round of tear gas and disregards your concern for her bruise i love that she just looks at him and he's like fine fuck it i'm going and off to san francisco our trio go so a few questions here i guess the first is is she gonna kill her her leader now we do know that she was sent to washington by the president for a particular reason she also happened to be there when the new president was sworn in so it suggests that the culprit ring may know something about what was going to happen so how did they know did they know and what will 355 feel about that maybe that's why she wants to go find her superior because maybe she feels that answers will help with uh i mean why wouldn't you want to go get answers like this this is also a thing we should be doing because maybe my group is responsible for this or maybe they're not or they definitely at least knew something or maybe it had something to do with something completely irrelevant so I think that nagging bit that coincidence that keeps being brought up is for a purpose there is more mention in this episode of you know it's okay 
to be a man but men are men are in this time without y chromosomes seeking asylum or shelter like she didn't say hey why do you have that mask on she seemed to understand and then when you see how sam is treated last episode you're starting to get a, a good understanding of maybe the other side of that coin of let's save all the sperm banks kim versus whatever else is on the flip side of that i am curious to see how all of that comes into play i now have a deep and abiding fear for sam as well those are the two the, jennifer and sam are the two characters i really i think it's because it's diane lane i i hope she <laughs> will um persevere and find someone that can or, or maybe they'll just really keep it political for the sake of civility but um yeah and i don't see anyone presently around that could take that dark turn so maybe i'm just overthinking it but those are the two characters that i truly have a fear for in this show i'm curious to see how this unfolds with the road trip and the connection between ampersand and uh york she seemed to bring that up very quickly that you two were together with the y chromosome and she said you alone is not that fascinating but you both together now that's fascinating there was a part that i did forget that amber sam was a he mentioned it last episode a rescue from testing he said makeup products but that is interesting maybe something about his research that he was testing for maybe has something to do with it i'm i'm spitballing here i'm not pulling from any source material i'm just going by everything the show has told us thus far and the show's doing a really good job of giving you indications of certain things without and even if you are a comic book reader not quite understanding where they're going to go with that and because i've chatted on long enough and we do have feedback i've convinced myself i'm not going to do a spoiler section <laughs> i talked myself out of it i will say i'm looking at nora and i'm thinking alter and if you know what i'm talking about then you know what i'm talking about and if you don't stay tuned <laughs> so looks like no feedback this week but if you want to join in our next episode blackhawkcouch.gmail.com you can send in a written or audio form uh 10 minutes or less you can also leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until next time peace hair grease and black or magic <laughs>